Guru Nation, thank you so much for checking out another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. It really means a lot to me. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to thank my sponsors. The first one is Inato. That's I-N-A-T-O, and you can find them at Inato.com. Inato is business development for free for sites. Whether you are a brand new site, whether you're an experienced site, you go on there, you create your site profile, they will match you with appropriate studies. They will jump on Zoom calls with you to prepare you for potential site selection visits from sponsors. They will tell you if your capabilities are up to par with what the sponsor is looking for, if your demographics are up to par as far as your patient population and your site capabilities. You build out your profile for free. They go to work trying to match you with appropriate studies. They talk to you about it. If you're a fit, they hand you off to the sponsor. There is no catch. There is no budget that they take on the back end. It's just a service where they match sites to sponsors for free. I'm a paid client of my own service, the SES, where we do a bunch of hand-holding for sites, where we help them do their budgets, try to get them studies, help them with their feasibilities, create SOPs, create source, all that stuff for a low monthly fee, 1500 bucks. I use Inato as well because it's free. And why not complement the other things I'm doing for my business development, for my marketing, for my operations with a free site profile on Inato? These guys know what they're doing. They're running tech. They're experts in research and in tech. And they're merging the two things together in Nato.com. Thank you very much. My second sponsor, Versatrel. I was a huge skeptic of Versatrel. And now I use Versatrel on a daily basis, multiple times a day. For any of you guys that do studies, you know that most studies have between 8 to 12 different vendors for various aspects of running the trial from the IRB to the IRT to the EDC to the recruitment companies to all kinds of various things even within those portals that are sometimes hard to find and you got to navigate to electronic patient reported outcomes, the trainings for the patient diaries, the backup. There's so many things. Versatrial lets you store all these things in your site workspace for free for as many studies as you want. And then they have a back-end tool that helps you also do feasibility surveys for your site. So it cuts down the time on your feasibility surveys tremendously. I absolutely recommend all sites use Versatrial, versatrial.io. Finally, Creo, clinicalresearch.io. Talk about a company that I was extremely skeptical of when I first heard of Ray's idea in 2017. Now I can't live life without Creo. I've been using Creo as a power user for two years. I've been playing with it on and off for the previous five years. Creo has an e-source. It has an e-reg. It has a CTMS. It has patient recruitment. It has e-consent. It has financial forecasting. It has a marketplace where you can buy source templates. They have so many things. They roll out new things all the time. They have an incredible support team. They have a help desk that actually is responsive immediately on chat with a question mark right by your workspace. It's amazing. It is all my coordinators know at Yuma Clinical Trials. We started with electronic source and never looked back. It has made our lives so much more easier. And Creo has such a cool 
backend where they're now collaborating with other tech companies in the industry and sponsors. And you just want to be on the right side of history when it comes to our industry and where technology is moving and site-centric solutions like Creo, like Inato, like Versatrel. They're here to stay, guys. Go check it out in the show notes. And now enjoy the show. Guru Nation, we are live. Thank you so much for watching. We're live on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. You're probably watching this on YouTube just shortly after. And if you're listening, you're on the podcast. You got to follow Liz Beatty. She is the co-founder and chief strategy officer at Inato. Inato's a company that's popped up on my radar really like six months ago. It actually came to me through my business partner, Chris. And Liz, we actually have... Chris and I actually have a service where it's a lot of hand-holding with sites, especially newer sites where we try to get them studies, then we do their budgets, then we help them with the feasibility, then we do their source, walk them through the IRB application, all that kind of stuff. Low monthly fee, like there's no other hidden cost or anything. And when I first heard about Inato, I said, oh, that's interesting, you know, because a lot of sites are looking for studies. So when I started playing around with Inato, I realized this is like a, actually a really good service you guys are doing for sites, but it's not, it's not what you new site owners think it is. Like it's not like you have, they're, they're going to vet you before they present you to a sponsor, like a lot, very thorough. They're going to put, you have to put clinicaltrials.gov links to make sure your PI has the experience they said they do, they want numbers. Like this is a this was something that was missing from the industry. And I've been in this industry running sites since 05. And studies, biz dev, this has always been like one of the biggest problems of our industry is hey, how do we connect sites to the right studies? And I think Inato brings us one step closer. The fact that I was telling Liz off camera, um, I turned, I've been playing around with Inato now for three months. I've turned down two studies through them that I otherwise would have accepted and probably would have regretted later. But Inato screened us so well, prepped us so well. When I actually talked to my PI and sub-I about it, we were like, you know what? It's better to turn this one down. <laughs> and I think sponsors should like to hear that. Um, because traditionally, this was like a CRO job. Like, this is what the CROs are supposed to do. But, you know, site owners can get optimistic. CROs can get overly optimistic. And we didn't even know there was this lack of um, a stakeholder in between that should be doing this. Uh, myself and Chris do this for a lot of clients, too. But... You guys do it like to such a level of detail uh, and then layer it on top of tech to make it relatively easy to use. So, yeah, thank you, Liz, for that, for creating this product. And you have an impressive background yourself, but thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dan. And I'm so happy to hear you're using the product. It's the whole point yeah. is free access for sites all around the globe to get access to the right trials for them. And I'm happy that you're you're in there and trying it out. On a weekly basis, I'm on there. Me or one of my coordinators are on there. Um, whenever there's a new study alert, I'm looking at one new one right now that we may or may not be able to do. And then there's a second one that we probably are going to do. Um, 
So you have a everyone go follow Liz underneath wherever you're watching or listening. Her link to her LinkedIn is underneath. But she has uh, a good uh, amount of work experience at the sponsor level, Big Pharma, as a senior protocol manager, associate director, uh, associate director, and then a director head of digital trials. So you've been around on the sponsor level, but you said, you told me before we started, the most difficult job you ever had was as a study coordinator. Yes. That's where I started my career in clinical trials. It was my um, introduction to clinical trials. I really didn't know about it before I got that particular position. And I absolutely loved it. But I have to give a big thank you to all the study coordinators around the globe because it is a really challenging job making sure that you're taking care of your patients really well, that you're following all the protocol details, the data is getting captured correctly, the right quality. It was definitely my hardest job I ever had. So great introduction, great learning opportunity. Um, I did that role when it was all paper. So I remember carrying around case report form binders all over New Haven, Connecticut, um, running around <laughs> to see my different doctors. I don't think people appreciate how hard it is to be a study no. coordinator. So uh, I, always, I always tell people, great way to learn about the business, great way to interact with patients, really make an impact in people's lives. So... Uh, thank you to all the study creators out there. I think that's so cool. Like the these tech vendors, you know, I'm very skeptical of most. And this last two years, you know, we've had this new wave of tech vendors. I don't know how long Inato has been around. Is it relatively new, right? So we've had this product since uh, 2020. So yeah. we've been uh, building, building in the last few years, but really... It's all been about listening to sites, to be honest mm -hmm. with you, Dan. That was the whole reason that we went to this product at Anato is because there's a real need for sites to find the right trials for them and for us to flip the model around instead of sites waiting for feasibility questionnaires, hoping to get the right trials from sponsors they don't know. Um, how do you find that right opportunity for you and your patients? That's the whole purpose of what we're doing and, and keeping the sites and the doctors front and center in that decision-making process. And the fact that this was co-founded by a former study coordinator who appreciates the work and the unsung heroes. I mean, the unsung heroes running research are the coordinators. Like, this industry is built on their backs. The PIs take the liability. But the coordinators, you running through New Haven to get signatures, I mean... That that's exemplary of like all these coordinators out here doing the same thing, you know, from UCSF to Yale to private sites like Yuma Clinical Trials. It's all the same. Like coordinators are doing all the legwork, literal legwork, running around, getting dry eyes. Now, a lot of them are in charge of also feasibility and looking at new studies. And this is exactly Anato's lane. Did you? build this with CRCs in mind or who was like the primary stakeholder or the primary user at the site level that you made this for, would you say? So it's been a really interesting learning opportunity for us because when we started this model, we thought that maybe smaller, newer sites needed access to more trials would be our primary users. 
But actually what we've learned along the way is that there's a wide variety of sites who could benefit from seeing uh, a dashboard of all different trials that are available at this time and helping them plan out which trials are the right fit for them. Um, so from our perspective now, we actually see uh, study coordinators in there. We see BD people in there. We see PIs in the system. We see sites <laughs> that do like one to five trials a year and sites that do 15 plus trials a year using the platform because there's such a big need for sites to have more transparency, more visibility, more control over their pipeline of trials so that they're not taking on trials that aren't a good fit and realizing it later downstream. Yeah, and it's really easy, like for a site director, like myself, Yuma Clinical Trials is a two-year-old company. Um, the first year I was really the main CRC. Now we have three. So I'm tempted to get optimistic again and say, yes, let's take these studies because easy for me to say, I don't need to do all the legwork anymore. But this has empowered my CRCs now. Like they'll, I'll have them look at it. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, hey, give me your honest opinion of this. Because before, when I was to do that at some of my other sites, I would just have a feasibility and a synopsis. And let's face it, like, who's going to actually read that? You know, but the way Anato has it, Anato has it outlined in a way where you can't gloss over the important stuff. Like, it makes you check, do you have this, this, and that? And then you look at, you look at it and you say, well, why do I need this? Okay. Oh, there's like eight blood draws this visit. Maybe we don't want to do this. And mm -hmm. it's something that you can't see as easily in a synopsis. I mean, in a busy environment that a coordinator's in, they're not going to actually sit down and look at a synopsis for an hour. Right? Like, so I feel like Inato shortens that time frame considerably for the coordinators. It's maybe like a 10 minute thing instead of an hour thing. Yeah. And, it, and I think that's great. So, you know, the other part of my career was in pharma and I ran trials. I, I worked with sites, you know, I saw how we interpreted feasibility questionnaires. And, you know, I think this goes back to that trust and credibility in the system that we need to build towards. So we would send out all these questionnaires. We get all this data back. We put it in a spreadsheet. We would say everyone's being overly optimistic. So let's divide what they said by two or three. And then we try to come up with some tiering around. How, how did you know everyone was being optimistic? Like, how did you guys not throw out some? There's going to be some honest sites in there, right? Telling you like the real numbers. And then the majority are going to be kind of embellishing their capabilities. Yeah. Did so you just discount all of them? Or? We just discounted most of them. So it's really hard <laughs> if you were being honest. To how yeah. do you stand out? How do you make it to the top? And I think a lot of experienced sites know that. If, I, if I'm if i too honest and I put too low of a number, that might hurt my chances of being selected. So I need to find the right balance where it seems feasible that it could come forward, but I'm not so honest that I don't make the list. So this is where our system totally flips that around and says, let's actually make sure you're ready and planning for the trial. You know those details. And we can come up with an honest estimate of your enrollment. And then we'll back you through that process with the sponsor. So it's a completely different way of building trust and credibility in the system instead of trying to, you know, gain the feasibility questionnaire to make it to the tier one list. Yeah, we had a, I'll never forget myself and Chris, 
<clears throat> who's my business partner on the site services side, and we have our San Bernardino site. We were a preferred site for a smaller biotech. We did really good on one or two of their protocols. So then they, they send a new CRA to monitor, to do a site selection visit on a new protocol. And they already told us, like, this is just a formality. She's also getting trained. Um, but you guys are getting the study. So Chris decided to actually be honest for once on the site selection and on the feasibility. So he put, like, our real projections. And the CRA, you know, she took the numbers, went back, and Chris followed up with her. And she said, hey, I don't think I'm going to recommend you because these numbers are way too low compared to the other sites. And he was kind of expecting that. And then the lead or the PM said, oh, don't worry. Like, you're going to get the study. And they told the CRA, hey, they're actually telling the truth. They're getting the study no matter what. So we felt comfortable in that situation to do, like, our own clinical trial to see if we'll get it. We still got it. But if, if see, this is, like, why sites embellish. Because if, they, if that sponsor didn't know us mm-hmm. and we put our real numbers on there, we wouldn't have gotten that study, most likely. This yeah. is like a interesting space that Inato chose to operate in. Yeah, so we did an analysis. So we used to have a feasibility platform when we started the company that we pivoted away from. And we thought by providing all different data about sites, um, all different data about past trial performance, that this would help sponsors make data-driven decisions around which sites to go to. Um, However, what we ended up seeing in the process was the big sites always rose to the top because they were the most experienced. So the same sites were getting selected over and over again through the model. And we had all these other sites reaching out to us as the intermediary to say, what happened with this trial? One, I didn't find out what happened from the sponsor. Two, I was really excited about the trial because I didn't have another one to offer my patients. And I didn't get the opportunity to. And then what could I do in the future to improve it? So this is why we actually decided to switch to the model we have today to stop the traditional way of doing feasibility and really let the sites where they're motivated, where they're best fit to find that right trial for them and their patients to put in the effort that we could support them getting selected. And and Dan, what we saw in the analysis was that 5% of sites were doing 70% of trials. So we had a huge concentration of the same sites getting selected over and over again And then the sponsors coming forward and saying, but our enrollment rates are declining. We have too many non-performers. You know, all of these problems around. Wait, wait, 5% of the sites were doing 70% of the trial. When was this? Like what approximately when? So this was in 2019. We did an analysis of gov over 10 years across all disease areas. And we saw regardless of what disease area we were in, the same sites were getting selected over and over again so it's and that's really why you hard. don't get diversity i notice you're a diversity advocate um i mean that's one of the reasons why we're not getting diversity you're not getting diversity of sites you can't get diversity of patients if you don't have a diversity of sites that, to 100%. me it's like too basic almost like this is too obvious yeah it's exactly true though if we're not diversifying our sites we can't expect the patients to go to that top five percent of sites around the globe Patients want to stay local. They want to stay with their trusted doctor and care team. They want to stay in their communities. So we have to broaden access for sites in order to really improve diversity in clinical trials for patients. Were these sites AMCs or were the majority of these 5% not AMCs? 
No, they're mostly AMCs. Uh. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there's a place in the mix for all of these sites to have opportunities in clinical trials. We see more and more trials being run. So it's not that we need to replace the sites that are getting the work. It's that we need to expand and have broader access to sites and patients uh, in order to speed up what we do in, in drug development. I agree. So what for you, like this company was co-founded in 2020 by you. Uh, when was your aha moment? Was it really that like your last few years at your last job or COVID had anything to do with it or kind of walk yeah. me through that like idea to actually producing this? Yeah. So what's really interesting in my whole career, I've been really focused on patients and improving access for people with serious medical conditions. So that's what I did when I was at Yale in the MS clinic. I worked on a lot of great drugs that have gone actually forward um, through my time at Bristol Myers Squibb. So what was clear to me was that the role of the doctor was incredibly important still in a patient's journey and the care team that surrounds that patient. So the people that they engage with, the nurses of the world, all of the different um, administrative support that you see in your healthcare journey really make a big impact on people in their decision-making. When I was at BMS, develop as part of our innovation work. And we learned really quickly that the role of the doctor and having someone you trust help you in the decision to join a trial is really critical uh, to get patients actually into clinical research. So for me, as we came out of pharma, um, I actually left in 2018. Um, BMS closed our site in Connecticut, where I still am. And I thought this was a really great time for me to go out and see how I can make an impact from a startup perspective and find um, who I ended up finding, my co-founder, Karaj, who had a similar view of the world, that the role of the doctor and the care team was incredibly important. And how do we use technology to improve access to those really critical stakeholders in the ecosystem to change the way that clinical trials are conducted today. Yes. And it's important to have something that's, if it's going to be tech, the way I see, I'm a small site owner. I've always been a small site owner. We do 10 to 10 to 15 studies a year, maybe. We With Yuma Clinical Trials, we might double that, but it's still going to be a small site. The way we compete with the big ones is we leverage technology. And I'm really excited. That's why I'm like actually honored to have you guys as a sponsor and a few other site-centric sponsors of this podcast these videos viva i mean uh, viva creo and nato these are the guys that understand versatrial these people understand the sites the the small site issues like the it's particularly the coordinator because mm -hmm. if you go talk to the pi the pi is going to speak in theory and abstract oh yes uh, we love this glp1 inhibitor and you know, this and that, but they're not looking under the hood of like what it's going to take to actually do the study. Most of them won't. They will when it's time to do it, but not during feasibility. They usually pass this on to someone like me and say, if you think it's good, bring it on. If not, say no, don't waste my time. And then me, I'm juggling all these other things. So I pass it off to my coordinator sometimes. 
That's yeah. the reality of how this works, guys. It's true. I remember my PI would say, we have a new study, and I want us to be the top enroller. And I would say, <laughs> okay, well, let's figure it out. So he would just keep bringing them forward and had, wow. had very high expectations. Yeah. yeah, so these, like, this tech, like, and not a, the way I see it, it may not be best, at least right now, in its form for, like, brand new sites. I still think brand new sites need a lot of hand-holding. Mm -hmm. This is not like an all-in-one solution for that, but, but it's free. And you might as well be on there while you're using it as a complementary tool for your other biz dev endeavors. Because the studies I've seen on there, they're not like for newer sites yet. I'm assuming, Liz, as you get more traction with sponsors, you're going to get some of those easier trials. But for now, they're giving you more or less the tougher studies. At least that's what I've been seeing. This is why I've turned down two of them already. I think I looked at four, and two are in the pipeline, and two I've turned down. But those two, if it wasn't for Anato, I would I'd be miserable right now, or my staff would be miserable right now. So we're trying to avoid those situations in the future. Yeah, so we do expect experienced sites to use the platform today. Um, and I'll tell you, there's all different levels of experience, and we are working with our sponsor collaborators to bring in different types of trials for different levels of experience. We're also trying to be really clear from our sponsors on the, on the pharma side, what are the experience requirements for a given trial? Because we also don't wanna waste any site's time. So if they really need for this study, it's a really hard one, you need someone with a lot of experience, let's just know that upfront. And let's make sure we tell the site right away, you need this level of experience. Uh, to be selected for this study. This is how um, sites are being evaluated on the sponsor side, because it is a tough one. Mm -hmm. And there's all different trials out there. Phase one to phase four, different levels of experience might be the right match. So we're really working with the technology to understand site preferences, level of experience, their interests, to improve our matching so that you get those right fit trials for you at the top of your list. And that those harder ones that might be better for more experienced sites get matched to those more experienced sites as well. Yeah, no, it's really cool. It's a really cool product and it makes sense with your experience as a coordinator and your experience as a uh, sponsor director. Uh, how did you get in touch with the co-founder, the other co-founder? Yeah, so actually it was through LinkedIn. So LinkedIn. when I when I left Bristol-Myers Squibb, I knew I wanted to go into something unique. So I put a message out to my network and said, I'm looking for some really early folks um, who are in startup space looking for a way to accelerate clinical trials. And a French colleague of mine introduced me to Crush. Uh, so he's in Paris, I'm in the US. And we ended up really aligning on the mission and what we want to accomplish as a team. And it's been great. We've been working now together over four years. And it's just been a, a great building experience for me to um, leave the theoretical and actually be able to innovate and, and build something unique that could really be transformational in industry as we go forward. That's pretty impressive too, just from a entrepreneur perspective, like you, I'm going to assume you didn't have much tech or coding experience based on your background. Yes. Like so I am not the, I am not the technical people at uh, our company. We have a great tech team, a great uh, team of engineers that we work with. And when I joined, that was the first thing I said. I know the industry. <laughs> I know the stakeholders. I know the problems really well. 
um, I don't know the tech. So that's actually um, a great thing about being a co-founder. So Karash runs the product, he works with engineering, that's his strength. And I bring a lot of that deep industry knowledge and strategy that can help us. So we have different strengths that we bring together and uh, really it's helped us shape a, uh, a good team underneath us to help deliver on our, our big mission to improve access and inclusion in clinical trials. But see, guy, I mean, it's inspirational because like all you coordinators watching or anyone really watching this right now, you know, study coordinator turned sponsor, eventually worked her way to be sponsored director, got this idea that formulated in her head, but she knew she wanted to do like something with tech as far as making this feasibility and this whole site selection discovery process easier. She had no coding capability, but she used LinkedIn network found somebody now they have a successful business i'm really happy to be using this thing i i consider myself an early adopter of this and i'm usually a skeptic when it comes to these kind of tech vendors but there's always a few that are actually worth uh playing around with and i'm proud to i have no reservations about recommending Inato. you get nothing to lose if you're a site it's free just check it out you might see some new studies that you haven't seen before and they're a little tough right now the studies but doesn't mean you can't do them and this, these tough ones are good budgets guys and that's another thing i gotta say like inato has nothing to do with the budgets um i thought that you know as a site owner i'm like what's the catch there's this can't be free what they're gonna take my budget or what no they just match you once you do the site selection with the sponsor, you're in their, you know, you're in their game now, and Inato's kind of moves on, right? Yeah, yeah. So we stay as your advocate. So uh, Dan, I know you've met one of our site partnership managers, Elaine. Yeah. Uh, you you have a dedicated person, a real person that helps you through the process, helps you understand the requirements, being really transparent about the trial, and then as you need help along the way, we're still here for you. So that's the great part of our process is that it's tech enabled, but there's real people to help you be successful by using an auto and help you along the way. Um, make sure you can deliver on what you said you would do for the trial. Really? Okay. I didn't get that far because we didn't get a study yet, but okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Elaine would stick with you all the way. Uh, really? Dan, to make sure that if you hit I any see. bumps in the road, if you got transferred to a CRO <laughs> or a team that didn't get back to you, she would help you through that. You know what's going on? This is a sidebar. And by the way, Alondra says, I love hearing about your entrepreneurial background. There's a You're going to inspire a lot of people, um, Liz, because I get questions a lot like, hey, I have this idea, but I'm a coordinator. So just look, here's some proof, guys, proof that someone else did it. No tech background, runs a tech company, one of the best startups right now in this space. So there you go. Uh one of my issues right now on a study we're currently doing, it's insane blood draws. It's actually one that we didn't get through a NATO. I probably wouldn't have taken it, but we actually randomized some people. So I'm glad we did finally, but man, there are just so many blood draws and this study is insane. You know, the sponsor won't give us a tourniquet. We have to buy our own tourniquets for this study. Like, we're going through these tourniquets just because there's so many blood draws. And we have to order. We found out we have to order our own tourniquets. <laughs> How crazy is that? I got to go to Amazon and buy tourniquets. 
the sponsor said they will not provide us tourniquets. So it's good for me to be able to unload this onto Elaine in the future if it happens mm-hmm. on another study. Like a, a silly situation like that, what would Elaine do? Like bring it up to you or? So because we support sites across the study, it actually helps the sites when multiple sites are having the same challenge or difficulties or even learnings about how to operationalize the trial. Elaine can then share that between sites, but also raise it to the sponsor. So, you know, across a group of sites, this is really an issue and something we didn't account for at the beginning and we should consider. And what we find is often when we bring those types of challenges forward to the sponsor collaborators we work with, they really want to help sites be successful. So we're all in this together. We're all trying to deliver that study, that good quality data together. So, you know, this is where we, as a group of sites, might be able to convince them to uh, provide you a little bit more support, get you what you needed along the way so that you could be successful. Yeah. Um, and then we don't hear a lot of sites necessarily sharing between each other during oh. the study, but we know those learnings coming from the sites that we work with. So how do we create that community? How do we share those best practices is another thing Elaine could help you with down the line. So I think that's, yeah, I could see what you guys are doing because you you want to eventually get enough sites to where you're at scale and you can, you can scale communications and pain points better to the sponsors. And this is where you're bringing your sponsor side experience to the table yeah. as well. Yes. Yeah, you're like the perfect person for this, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> you're like the perfect combo. Yeah, well, you know, this is where when you think about your own personal growth and developing your career. What did you learn along the way? How did you build towards where you're going? Um, I do feel like both experiences, both being at the site and at the sponsor have helped me be better at where I am today. So for those that are listening and have ideas, you know, think about those steps you wanna take to build towards the place you wanna be Mm -hmm. uh, and what experiences along the way will help you get there. It's it's always a, a great way to think about a journey, not a destination in your career. And that's something that I would definitely reflect back on on mine. Mm-hmm. And, and this silly thing of the tourniquets. I mean, it's not like I can't buy tourniquets. They're like 30 bucks on Amazon. It's it's the time. Because yeah. my coordinators have been complaining about this for two weeks. And I told them they should supply tourniquets. Go ask all your CRAs to send you tourniquets. So far, none of them said yes. And matter of fact, one of them replied, no, we can't. I think it's the CRO saying, no, we can't. If we went to the sponsor directly, they probably would. But I don't want to save those kind of complaints mm-hmm. for the sponsors. You know, that's just like a little petty. But it's the time. Like, we should have already had this. Now we're two weeks into it. We're probably going to be scrambling, looking for a tourniquet when we need it. So I have to go in there and click a link and buy it, wait two days. But it's like a lot of those little things add up during the course of a trial and if we can improve that process, I think it would be a good thing for the industry. Yeah, and especially for complicated trials. If we're going to yeah. design complex, complex trials, trials, let's make it easier to execute on those complex trials. I'm surprised so, you guys didn't get that study on your on your end because that's like a perfect one for an auto. There's a lot of sites that took that trial that should not have taken it. Yeah. Uh, Rekka says, wow, that's a perfect combo of passion, hard work. And entrepreneurial ability. I'm telling you, Liz, you're inspiring the next future Inato people or Inato-like companies. Um, 
do you want to get into the demo or is there anything? Yeah, let me show you what it's like for sure. Okay. I'm happy to share with you all. So I'm going to actually show you the site experience. You guys get a live demo. I'm on this thing like once a week. Maybe multiple times a week. And then you register while well, Liz is getting ready. You register per PI. So, you know, my site has three specialists. We have internal medicine, we have a dermatologist, and we have a psychiatrist, neurologist. So I registered three different PIs. And you could click what therapeutic areas you're interested in. So because we have three... I mean, I consider ourselves small, but we do get like study offers here and there. And some of them I already know we're not going to do. So I turn down right away before even looking at it. But I usually take a look at them. So here's the, let me remove the banner. Here's the screen okay. share. Yeah. So let me show you what we have here. So this is actually the product that the sites would use. So your site, you come to Anato, you log in. If you're a new site, you're going to start right here with Trials to Discover. Uh, and this is a great way for you to see different trials that match your preferences. We try to make it really easy to put the trials that match you on top. Um, really good visibility around timelines. And then we're also starting to bring more visibility forward around how much of your application is already pre-filled based on your past data. So we're trying to make this as easy as possible for sites. And as you use Anato more and more, we store all of your information that you share with us. And then we'll pre-populate that information next time when you come back to that particular um, disease area or types of trials where they ask the same questions. So really trying to streamline as much as possible on the site side. The other thing is we do try to provide trial details like right up front and trials to discover. So you can go in and you can see um, what's happening with this trial, what insights can we share with sites about where we are. We're very transparent about the flow of what will happen if you're interested in this particular trial. You'll see down here, we're starting to post how many um, site spots are left to be selected through Anato. Ah. So you know um, how much more room there is for that particular trial, which I don't think sites usually see. No. Um, and then again, your pre-filled information. And what I like about this is like, as soon as you sign that CDA, you get the protocol, you get the synopsis. Yes. And then if you're like me, without using something like Inato, you get these things, they're buried in your inbox. When when your PI wants to see it, you, you can't find it. It's taking you 10 minutes. The PI leaves because he has a patient and you couldn't find it. Yeah. Here, now you just log in. Hey, if you lost it on your desktop somewhere, well, just come back here and get it. It's there. That's right. That's right. And then even before you sign the CDA, we are trying to provide more information so that you have some information about the study design operational needs so that you know, should I even bother going forward with the CDA? It's just a, a good yeah. start for me. So we're trying to make this as easy as possible for you to really um, understand your pipeline of trials and which ones are best fit for you. So that's in your trials to discover tab. We also have a new tab around upcoming trials. And Dan, I'm super curious for, for you, someone who runs the site, you know, how early are you getting trial opportunities to evaluate because what we're seeing is sponsors know about these trials in their pipeline yeah, and yeah. Um, they're willing to share some information early to see if sites would like to get notified if they're not interested because maybe it's too uh, competitive a disease area or they're already booked. So getting some early insights um, even earlier than when the trial is available 
is a new feature we're starting to provide to sites. Now, I had, well. a, I had a question about this. So, because I've done this a few times already and I'm worried. Mm -hmm. So let's say like this chronic diffuse alopecia one, right? Like yep. if I were to look at it, I say, you know what? We're not ready for this right now. I'm going to decline. But yep. that doesn't mean like six months from now, I won't take another similar trial. So will this affect like the algorithm showing me a similar study in the future? Yeah. So when you go to decline, we give you a list of reasons to, to select. Um, so you can tell us, actually, I don't want these in the future. And that will affect the algorithm. So like, I'm not interested in dermatology. I don't want to do anything in alopecia. Mm -hmm. That actually is good for us for our algorithm. Um, however, if you put other reasons, we won't take this off for your future interest. Um, and what was great is you can just say, this is not the right time for me, or I have a competing trial. And you can let us know in the comments, this trial is done, however, in September with enrollment. And I'd be interested in other trials then. And then we'll know to come back to you in that okay. time frame with additional trials for me it was about a liver biopsy and i've, I've i put in the comments working on a vendor for liver biopsies so um, not the right time at this moment yep no that's great um and then we can also store that information around capabilities so that we know not the right time at the moment for liver biopsies for your site um, but maybe in the future you can update that preference with us wow and then the the great part is when you do hit get notified, it's just a one click. That's it. That's all you need to do. When this study becomes available, we'll reach out to you. Um, oh. You don't need to do anything else. I got to go into that. I've only been, I'll be honest with you, I've only been clicking Inada when I get an email. Like we have a potential trial match. I don't just go on there to see upcoming trials. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great way to get your future pipeline um, already yeah. further curated for you. Um, so you get those right matches in the future. This is cool because we have been getting some studies really early, but that's because of our PI. He's a, he has a large private practice. So a lot of sales reps come to his office and yep. I've been asking the sales reps to introduce me to the MSLs. And so then the MSLs come and they tell us, Hey, we're like nine months out. We don't have a CRO but I'll get you in our database and we've gotten two studies that way and we're early site. You know, th those are the two we have like as a super early site. And then there's two that we've had as a rescue site. So we're yeah. like, you know, we're all over the spectrum as far as when we're getting trials. And I'd like to have a little more consistency in my pipeline as a newer site. Yeah. And to be honest, it's hard to have all of those relationships across all the companies. So where you have that strong relationship with the MSL, you can get those early insights. Um, but for a site to foster those relationships across all the different pharmaceutical companies, it's really challenging uh, to have. And if someone leaves their job or switches companies to remap to the next person is hard. So we think this is a great way to bring that transparency and visibility to sites without having to figure out who all those people are at each company. Super important. Yeah, this is a super cool product. So... The, the other area that we've added is application in progress. And this is to make sure for those studies that you are interested in, that you know exactly what's left to do and you don't miss an opportunity to be a part of it. So you'll see here, there's a couple of trials that um, this particular site, or in this case me, I'm applying for. And then I can go in and, and do the rest of the details that are needed. So 
Uh, what's great about this one, because it's further along, it's not an upcoming trial, it's a, re a real trial for us, is we really try to give you a good view of the recruitment objectives, how many sites are interested, how many are in progress, how many seats are left. So you know, oh gosh, I need to get going with this one. It's very popular on an auto. I don't want to miss my chance. Um, we also talk about diversity goals. As you mentioned earlier, Dan, I'm a really big advocate for diversity and inclusion in trials. Um, so where sponsors will share with us their own diversity goals for a trial, we'll share that with the sites as well so that they can know this is an area that they could differentiate in to help them be selected. And then again, we're trying to show as much as possible how much is pre-filled for you. What's great about the protocols we have is we do bring out all the key information right on the top. So we digitize the study design, we show you all the visits and procedures so that you'll know right away there's too many blood draws at this particular trial or uh, maybe too many liver biopsies for my patients to want to participate. So really important to have that up top. Oh, yeah. This is this is what I was talking about earlier. Like yeah. when you get a synopsis, I mean, you got to look for this stuff. And here it's just right there. Like it's almost one of the first things you see. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes on and on and gives you all the details. I, I won't scroll through it all, but for sites, go and, and check it out. Um, and then you can go on from there. I like what that I it's site-centric because, you know, these synopses are supposed to be Cliff Notes versions of, like, the 200-page protocol. Right. And even that is too dense sometimes. And you guys took, like, a 20-page synopsis, right? Yeah. And you yeah. broke it down. I mean, you see, you guys see here, like, that's basically the important stuff you need to know to decide whether you want this or not. So say you decide I do want to go forward. You just click on plan my enrollment. And then what we've done is we do a short self-assessment to see if this trial is a good fit for you, which I think is a great way to save everyone time. So as I told you, we're working really closely with our sponsor collaborators to understand what are those key requirements around experience and capabilities and access to patients. And we put that right up front in the check your fit. So this takes two minutes. You get to see what's most important to a particular uh, sponsor. You'll select your PI. Of course, this is demo data. Um, Are these real people? <laughs> <laughs> Not for today. You'll put in uh, some of the answers. Where we have information already about your center, um, we'll pre-fill it for you again. You can change it if you want. Um, something's changed. And then you go down and you'll fill in the weeks. patients you see how do CROs feel about this so we're starting to work more and more with CROs we've actually started um, a exclusive partnership with one to really build this into their process as well mm. so we know in industry we can all improve how well we do feasibility with our sites how well sites are um, able to get that right trial for them so I think CROs are coming more and more on board to say, well, we want to be a part of the solution as well, not on the yeah. receiving. They have to be. This one was a good fit. So I hit continue and it brings me right into the application process. Mm -hmm. So for this one, instead of Elaine, we have Christina that was assigned. So you can go ahead and schedule a call with her uh, right away so that you get in her calendar. Again, we're really here to advocate for you. Make sure you understand the trial. So it's really important to leverage the resources of our team 
to help you be successful. You and know, I actually had I actually had my PI join us on one of these calls. Great. <laughs> That's a miracle in and of itself. All right. And then once you um, do that, you can go ahead and jump into the application process. Mm -hmm. So what's great about this is um, we try to bring up all the key information up top. It's really a chance for you to go through and think about who on, is going to work on this study on my team, what experience do they have, and how do I really showcase that well? Uh, Dan, to your point, you can also do this collaboratively. Maybe you want to invite your study coordinator to help complete some information. You can do that right here on top. Or maybe you want to print out some information and find someone in the hallway along the way in their day to complete it. We have all those options to make it as site-friendly as possible. We I have done that. When I invited my coordinator, Katie, she said, are you sure we want this study? We had a similar one. We couldn't enroll. <laughs> yep. And I said, great point, Katie. Maybe it's best not to. Thank you. Yep. That's exactly what we're looking for. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, as you go through the process, that's about the team. We also have a section about your patients. Um, again, we do pre-fill information you've already done. Uh, this trial we had highlighted was really important for patient diversity. So this is actually the data the site had already provided about their breakdown of available patients. And then what we do to help sites is really show them how that compares to the census data in their neighborhood. I love so this. I've noticed yeah, this. some of that data at your fingertips about how do my patient population compare to others in my area. Yeah, I love this. Um, speaking of diversity, if we can stay on this topic just a little, like a few more minutes. Because yeah. Um, yeah. I noticed from my first application with you guys, that's like super important part of the process. The, the focus really is like I haven't seen this kind of focus on a traditional survey. They usually ask a few questions, but this is like pretty in-depth yes are the sponsors requesting this of you or are you just being proactive about it so it's it's both um we think this is really important we think bringing access in the community will be a, a really important way for us to improve inclusion of represented representative patients into trials so we have this built out for sponsors that maybe aren't there yet. Um, we're trying to help educate and raise awareness and really talk about how broadening reach to new sites in new areas can help with overall uh, DEI efforts in clinical trials. Um, and then where we work with sponsor collaborators that have committed programs, teams working on this, we can really then support them at a very specific target level. So we can provide a mix of sites that bring forward the right breakdown from a race and ethnicity perspective uh, to meet that particular disease area. So we have different levels of sophistication that matches where the sponsor is for that particular trial. We also collect information about the site staff. We think this is really important uh, to know that the site staff is um, a good reflection of their community. Um, and we also really help sites that have outreach programs and things that they do in general to support uh, diversity and inclusion in their community really be able to showcase that. So sites can achieve medals in our system, uh, gold, silver, or bronze medal, depending on how sophisticated they are in their own DEI efforts. And we really help them showcase that to sponsors to help these sites get selected in trials. Wow. I noticed the medals and the email emojis, but 
that's like an actual gamification of the of the DENI. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and then it also brings awareness about what sites can do in the future to maybe improve on their DENI efforts and get to that next level. Judy Galindo, my colleague and co-founder from Latinos and Clunker Research, owner of Sun Valley Clunker Research. I know you're watching, even 47 minutes in. And Nato is for you guys. And Nato is like, you, need, you guys need to be on there. Yes. And we've heard that from sites, that the patients that they see is actually very specific. So just because your uh, zip code is in an area where there are diverse um, people living, doesn't mean those are the patients you see. And we've talked to a lot of Spanish-speaking sites who do a lot to engage with their community. Um, they have an approach that's very specific to bringing the family in and really making sure everyone's aware of what's happening to have a, a good decision made if that trial is a good fit for that particular person. So this is where we can help showcase that for sites and make sure that the great work that they're doing to improve inclusion in their community um, comes out really apparent in their application process for sponsors. Very good. Yeah. So that is our applications in progress. You go through and finish this all. What's great about it is you think through is we're then going to follow this through for you. So there's no, I submitted a feasibility questionnaire, but I don't know what happened. Um, we'll do a review. We'll stay closely connected for, with you. We'll let you know where it is in the decision-making process, either with us or with the sponsor. And then we always close the loop with our sites to let them know what the decision was, if mm -hmm. it's not a good fit at the end of the day, um, why? So that we can help them understand where they might want to make investments in the future or things that we could do to help them for that next trial. I see. Yeah, that would be helpful. Like what's when you do get turned down, especially after like a, site selection visit. We got turned down recently, um, not through Inato, but through a CRO. We were a rescue site. We were really excited about the study. We did the site selection visit. We were even getting like prepared, assuming that we were going to get at it. And then the study had a sudden surge in enrollment. And they told us they don't need rescue sites anymore. So we were, we were bummed. But then I found a similar study in Inato that I wouldn't have taken otherwise. And I said, mm -hmm. you know what? A lot of the patients from that one could do this one, so let's try. And that's the one I'm, I'm hoping we get through Inada. I got to talk to Elaine about where we are. But um, do you? So the feasibility that we do here, do sites have to do it again when the CRO gets involved? Or no, we're not asking sites to duplicate any efforts. Um, all the key questions that are required from a feasibility perspective will be asked through our application process. Mm -hmm. And then we can provide anything that the CRO or sponsor needs digitally outside of the system. So there's uh -huh. no need to complete a feasibility questionnaire after you've gone through this process, you're fully vetted and ready to go for the sponsor decision making. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, so I'm curious, Dan, how do you track your trials in feasibility? Do you have a way to see where they are in the process and keep track of, of what's happening across your center? No, I mean, I have a whiteboard. I write them on there. Like, did I do the feasibility? At least so I know where I am at in the process. Mm -hmm. um, even if they're in an auto study, I put it on the whiteboard. Um, but no, honestly, no. Like Versatrel, the, the non-in-auto studies, I've been using Versatrel 
for the mm -hmm. feasibilities and that's been helping me track them. So I'm trying to get tech on my side between you guys versus trial and saving the paper ones in Viva Site Vault as an example. So I've been like using a lot of these like off the shelf tech vendor free free tech tech solutions. Um and then just plain old fashioned whiteboard so I can see where we're at. That's basically it. Yeah, we, we hear from a lot of sites that they end up have to having to look through email to find who was the contact that sent the feasibility when they don't hear the answer and, yeah. and following up over months sometimes to get what was the result of a, a feasibility questionnaire. So we're trying to make that easier for sites and, and have one place you can go and just see where is everything and, and have Elaine at the ready or your other site partnership managers to help you along the way if you're not hearing an answer fast enough. Yeah, and Alondra, I've been here. So Alondra says, I'm looking at my profile and it says my CV is missing. How do I provide this? My representative is Christina. Do I send it? Yeah, that's one yeah. of the things I've been amazed with. It's like Elaine, who's mine. Uh, sometimes I'm missing things, right? Like CRC, CV. And, but I already submitted my application. She's like, oh, just email it to me and tell me what it's for. So they're actually responsive. They get the CV and they'll do it for you. Yeah. So that's what Send I would do. That's what Christine is there for. Um, yep. And then all this gets put together on the sponsor side. Do you want to see what that looks like too? Oh, oh yeah. I don't, I don't get a chance to see that. Yeah. Let me show you that real quick. So sponsors must love you so far. Yes. It's been a really great way to um, work with sponsors in a new way and, and really change how they're evaluating sites that are less known to them. Those, those sites beyond the tier one sites, um, it's really hard for the sponsor to know who's a good fit. And we're taking a lot of that risk out of the equation for sponsors. Okay, so this is the sponsor platform. I went into that same study and this is the site that completed their plan already. And what you'll see is right at the top, we tell the sponsor that they met all of the requirements, which is great. So the sponsor knows those key requirements that they shared with us already have all been checked by Anato, and we have it right at the top so they can see it. Hmm. Additionally, we highlight the diversity of the center. So this site earned a diversity medal, so that's great. Uh, so they have a diverse population that they can support enrollment. And then we have a view of a realistic number of patients that this site um, was able to honestly showcase to us they can achieve. So there's no reason to cut this estimate down. This is a real estimate um, based on all the data that's been shared with us and in conversation with the site that they're confident they can provide. So this site's been recommended and then the sponsor has all the details below that they can go through and see what that looks like. The other thing that we do is that we have our site partnership managers actually put insights so you'll see here, um, the site doesn't have the minus 70 freezer, but they did confirm they can get it before activation. So it's a way to, even if you don't have everything right now, perfectly buttoned up, uh, to share that type of context with the sponsor. So they know if we go forward with this site, they'll be ready to go uh, by the time we activate them. Mm -hmm. So those insights are important. The sponsors really value them. And it's a great way for us, again, to help sites showcase um, where they'll be able to meet the requirements for a given trial. So it's a really comprehensive view. I know you mentioned that we go through and spend time with CVs and experience because we really wanna showcase the site in the best way we can so that you can get selected 
for that right fit trial. Right. And obviously, if you're a more experienced site, you have a better chance, at least early on. But this is early in the Inato life cycle, and they'll be, I'm guessing, opening up to different studies uh, that might be more appropriate for the more novice sites. Yeah, and we are getting a lot of trials uh, week over week. So come back and look. Not all trials are difficult. We have vaccine trials. We have um, everything from cancer trials to immunology trials, neurology trials. So we have a wide variety of trials that sponsors are posting with us. And as, I, as we've done well on our first trials with these sponsors, we're actually getting quite a few um, portfolios of trials now. So you'll see a lot of options, which I think is a great way for sites to see, okay, I'm looking for my next UC study, which one do I want to take? Well, actually, there might be six or seven for you to evaluate. And you can pick the one that's really right fit for your center from a patient population perspective, as well as capabilities and procedures, which are really important as you execute and implement that trial. Well, I'm excited about it, Liz. I've already been using Inata for three or three months or so, but I'll go back because I haven't looked at the upcoming trials. I've just been busy enough dealing with the ones that are in the pipeline. Yeah. And and Dan, we're going to start rolling out weekly email digest. So ah. for sites that want to get a, a bigger view of what's happening across the platform, uh, the email digest will be a great way for you to see that based on your interest and um, what your type of research you're looking to do. Very cool. Yeah. Honored to have you guys as a sponsor. I mean, there's not too many tech vendors out there that I'm comfortable recommending, but Inata's definitely one of them. I use it multiple times a week. Sounds like it'll be daily at some point. So me and my staff, uh, one of my CRCs is on it. I got to get the other two on it eventually, but yeah. Thank you, Liz. Appreciate this interview and the demo and your story, you know, your story. That's why we put that first because your story is super inspirational and there's a lot of crcs out there watching that have big dreams in this space and they they're uncovering problems that you and i don't even know exist because they mm -hmm. have their own unique perspectives and why not create solutions if you're able to just get in there learn the stuff learn the learn this industry really well network just do it listed you don't have to listen to me here's someone else that did it too yeah so thank you cool. Liz. Thank you for having me, Dan, and uh, for all those CRCs out there with great ideas. You also have me now in your network. You can reach out. I'm happy to help. There you go. Liz, Is her LinkedIn is underneath this video or in the podcast show notes. Go connect immediately. Go check out Inato link underneath wherever you're watching. Like, subscribe, comment, share. Thank you. Bye-bye.